Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out, and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zibby Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. Stacey Abrams is the author of the children's picture book, Stacey's Extraordinary Words. She is the three-time New York Times bestselling author of While Justice Sleeps, Our Time Is Now, and Lead From the Outside. She is an entrepreneur and most perhaps well-known as a political leader. A tax attorney by training, she served 11 years in the Georgia House of Representatives, seven as minority leader, and became the 2008 Democratic nominee for governor of Georgia. At the time, she won more votes than any Democrat in the state's history. She's launched multiple organizations devoted to voting rights, training, and hiring young people of color, and tackling social issues at the state, national, and international levels. She's the founder of Fair Fight, Fair Count, and the Southern Economic Advancement Project. Stacy is a lifetime member of the Council on Foreign Relations and sits on the boards of Climate Power 2020, the Women's National Basketball Players Association, the Center for American Progress, and the Marguerite Casey Foundation. She is running for governor of Georgia. She has received degrees from Spelman College, the LBJ School of Public Affairs, the University of Texas, and Yale Law School. And as you will soon hear, she is a big fan of ice cream. 
Welcome, Stacy. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Stacy's extraordinary words. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So I read this to my kids who did not know what a spelling bee was until this book, because I guess, you know, we don't even do them anymore, really. And they loved it. They asked me to read it again. I was really excited. They're really excited. I'm interviewing you. So anyway, when it hits home with kids, you know, you have something good. So bravo. What are their names? I try not to say their names in public, but they're, they're eight and seven. Well, please tell them. I said, thank you. I will. I have older kids, but they're past the picture book stage. Although, are we ever really past the picture book stage? I, I, I'm still I'm stuck not. there. Yeah, I'm yeah. stuck there too. I love picture books. Why did you write this book? Why now? I love children's books. My mom was a librarian when I was growing up, and she had a subspecialty in children's literature. Plus, I literally would take naps in the stacks surrounded <laughs> by books. So I've always loved books. I loved reading, and I love words. And when the opportunity came to write a children's book, a picture book, I wanted to do it because I think it's a, I think it's tough. I think it's a hard thing to do to take these concepts and to not only reduce the words, but not the impact, but also do it in a way that is exciting and compelling and holds the attention of a four or five or six-year-old. Having nieces and nephews, I know how difficult that is. And so (laughs) it would be the pinnacle of my achievement as a writer to get them to pay attention to something I had to say. <laughs> that is the pinnacle, pinnacle of like any grown-ups achievement when it comes to kids. Just a short, just pay attention for a little bit. That's all we need. That's it. That's it. <laughs> In the book, which is based on you, it's about a young girl who has this amazing ability to spell and is great with words and also deals with people who don't necessarily accept her for what she's like, which I found to be a really compelling part of the story. Talk a little bit about your experience with that emotion as a child and how you think that's impacted you going forward. In the author's note, I talk about the fact that I was skipped a grade, which sounds great when you're an adult, but when it happens, it actually occurred in the middle of the beginning of my school term. So I was a first grader for a little bit of time, and then second, suddenly I'm taken out of my classroom, put in a new space, have to learn new people. And I was a quiet kid. I was a little awkward and it was overwhelming to me. And luckily my second grade teacher saw that and she realized that I loved reading. She allowed me to read all of the books in the class instead of having to try to acclimate too quickly. And that was one of the pieces. But the other was that as a quiet kid, Being invited to be in front of a whole audience was overwhelming, but to get to spell, that part I understood. And so it was this introduction to public speaking and to competition, but in a way that was very comfortable as a kid who liked reading. But I think the biggest piece for me as I was writing it was also just remembering how hard second grade was, how you're starting to understand cliques and community, but also the importance of friendship and standing up for one another. And this book was an opportunity for me to explore all of those things using the spelling bee as the starting point. Well, my kids are in first and second grade. And when I read them the part about you're skipping a grade, they looked at each other in horror and they're like, we'll be in the same, we could be in the same class. And I was like, no, you guys are not (laughs) skipping a grade. It's all good. (laughs) Wouldn't it be nice when I was listening to what you said, 
It's so nice that there, you were in an environment where your awkwardness was addressed. Your shyness could be sort of mitigated by the presence of books. And wouldn't it be nice if we had that option at like crowded parties or something I now know. as adults? <laughs> exactly. There was like a little sign that said, you know, introverts to the library. Yes. And we could all sit in the room together and ignore each other. It would be great. <laughs> you could read a little bit, chat about the book. I guess that's book club, I guess, book club in a, in a nutshell. Impromptu book clubs. Impromptu book clubs, exactly. But of course, so this book is, you know, amazing. And I bet it was so much fun to write. Did you have so much fun writing it? I should ask. I did. It is a very, it's a great departure from other books I've had to write. Although the plotting was more complicated than I thought it would be. Because in my mind, I knew I wanted to write the story and I knew the themes I wanted to include, but reducing it down to that number of words, but giving all of the pieces and then picking the words to use, it was both, it was a little, you know, terrifying, but it was also exhilarating. I actually have a children's book coming out with Penguin Random House in the spring in mm -hmm. April, and I tried doing it as well. And my editor was like, okay, this is written for like far older kids. And I was like, no, it's <laughs> not. My kids totally got this. But anyway, yes, the challenge of reducing, that's always the hardest part. I'm sure with your other books too. I feel like editing, some people love it, but I think it's hard. It always makes it better, but I think it's hard to yeah. slash and burn those words, you know? Especially when you have so few to start with and you fall in love with every word or every line that you come up with and then you realize you're the only one who loves it, let it go. <laughs> wow. So obviously, in addition to writing and writing this and then you have Level Up coming out and While Justice Sleeps and all the things that you've done, you're also, you also have your whole political career. Or I should say you have your whole political career and then all of this. When do you make time? When do you find time to write? When's your favorite time to write? How do you integrate your writerly life with your political life? I love writing. And once it became a vocation as opposed to a hobby, I treat it the same way that I treat anything else I do. I understand my deadlines. I know my, my writing patterns. I don't have certain times of day I carve out. I write to the project. So when this was due... I knew what I wanted to do. I had some deadlines I had to hit because working with the illustrator, Kit Thomas, meant that I had to have the book written in time to be able to illustrate it. But when I'm writing, for example, I've got a, a book due next year and I'm, I've got a schedule laid out. So I set my schedule. I give myself a certain number of days when I'm supposed to write and I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to blow it off. <laughs> <laughs> so I built in my writer's block, but I, I really try to practice plotting it out, knowing what I'm trying to do. I give myself benchmarks along the way, but I treat it like any other obligation. It is, it, it's both something I love to do, but it is something I am obliged to do and I need to treat it with the importance that it holds. I actually just interviewed someone who said she actually puts the scenes that she's going to write into her calendar. Had you heard of that before? I mean, that's like I, one level up. That that That's impressive. I, I do a storyboard. So I will list out each chapter and I'll know which scenes are in each chapter. But I write chapter by, I do a chapter a day because I know how long it takes me to write a certain number of words. And so my job is to get on the day I have that chapter due, I've got to get it done. It can take me half the time. It can take me twice the time. But that's the day I have to finish the chapter. Wow. And do you worry at all being a public figure, like how your words are going to be received? Do you ever like get into your own head about oh, that? Always. Like, 
Oh, absolutely. But that happens when I have to speak out loud. <laughs> Look, on the campaign trail, there, there are going to be commercials that take my impromptu extemporaneous language out of context. And you know, that's when I, I haven't had a chance to think about it so much. When you know you've had time to practice and it can still go horribly wrong, that is always a bit of a nail biter. But <laughs> I trust the words and I, I trust editors. Wow. So running for office and leading and all of that and putting your words on the page, all of these are really brave acts. How do you drum up the courage on like really bad days? Like, do you have bad days where you just don't want to get out of bed or maybe it's just, you know, just days oh. where you're like, nothing's ever going to get done. Like, how do you, how do you regroup and, and go back to this position you've created for yourself of this sort of trailblazer? Well, I, I appreciate the characterization no and not to, to, you know, quote myself, but part of the story comes from when I did the spelling bee and this idea that instead of thinking about each day as these sort of cinematic moments where something is going to succeed or fail, where you know, the world will crash down around me or I will you know, rise into the, you know, the stratosphere, it's every day, like every day you're supposed to do, every day you're supposed to be. And that means some days you're going to be great at it, and some days you are going to be terrible at it. But there's always another day, and that next day is a day to either fix what you broke or build something new. And you got to give you have to give yourself permission to have some days where you don't do anything, accomplish anything, or think anything important. <laughs> I I look for those days, I treasure those days, I hoard those days when they come. But that's how you create, I think, the resilience to get through the days that are harder, the days when someone says something inappropriate about you or <laughs> mischaracterizes who you are, or the day when you did it to yourself and you really should have slept in. <laughs> sleep is sleep is always nice. Yes. So what what is your coping? Like what's your go-to vice on a, on a day where you're trying to make yourself feel better? I go to chocolate, FYI. Where do you go? Chocolate, chocolate is important. I, I watch an inordinate amount of television. Television makes me extraordinarily happy. I let myself read anything I want, and I believe in ice cream. <laughs> Favorite flavor? Hagen dazs white chocolate raspberry truffle. It Ooh. is so delicious. It is amazing. I've literally never had that. It is okay. awesome. I'm into this McConnell's caramel brownie swirl Ooh. stuff. Yeah. Ooh, delicious. that yeah. sounds delicious. Yeah. I mean, this is so bad. Now I'm like, <laughs> I think about food so much. I'm now like talking to you about ice cream. This is terrible. Anyway. This I think is a sign of a good conversation. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would still, however, take a chocolate chip cookie over ice cream any day. I have to say. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moon.
MoonPig.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I, I, I love chocolate chip cookies, but it has to be the right consistency. It's got to yeah. have that right crisp and the right chew to it. True. So Can't be the too perfect crazy. chocolate chip cookie, yes, could, could surpass ice cream. But Yes. But maybe the ice cream is more reliable. Exactly. Anyway, good to have these in our back pocket for exactly. the inevitable <laughs> bad days. <laughs> uh, so you've also been working on changing all of voting rights and this whole fair fight and all of this stuff. How do you drum up the energy for all of this? When are you doing that? Like, how do you how do you have the vision? And then when do you implement? And do you have this like amazing team? Or like, how are you getting everything done? When I didn't become governor. Part of my responsibility was to think about what I would have done had I gotten the job and what things did I not like about the process, what things were broken in the system. So I gave myself 10 days off and then I started creating these organizations. But I think the most important part of the question is I have this extraordinary team. I've been privileged that I can think of things and I'm good at setting up structures, but I am exceptional at picking people who are smarter than me to do it. And so with each of these organizations or with the businesses, I start, I have partners and I work with people and I do my best to be a good partner to them, to invest and to be a thought partner, but also to get out of the way. Because if you mm-hmm. if you do your job well and you pick people who are better at it than you are, you become eventually superfluous. And that is my mission to be completely unnecessary in the things I create. Yes. I will be the invisible governor. You guys just get it. <laughs> Not, not, not quite that invisible, but you know, <laughs> but to be so good at at leading that other people get to shine and they get to think and they get the credit, and I, you know, I get the job. Yeah, <laughs> I was literally just interviewing someone before we got on the, the Zoom, and I was like, I just need someone who's better than me at everything. Like, yeah. I need you to be a better version of me. <laughs> That's really all I need. There are those who get afraid of that. I I embrace it. Push me towards mediocrity. Make me work for it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So what is your next project you're working on? You said you were working on another book. The sequel to While Justice Sleeps. I'm working on that one. So that's due next year. I've also got this you know campaign thing I'm going to be working on because <laughs> uh, I'd like I to get this the job. Space. Yes, I understand you're running for re-election of governor or election of governor. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm going to work on that book. And I've got a couple of other projects in the works. And then in the back of my mind, I have two, I have a YA book that I started working on years ago and a children's book for slightly older kids that I'd love to get back to eventually. Those are my writing projects. Amazing. Well, so you won't be too bored. (laughs) Not too much time for TV. What words do you struggle to spell? Like, I feel like success is always, I'm always like stumbling. Does it have two C's? To, you know, I don't know. That's one of my pitfall words. What are, do you have any words aside from the, one, it's a, the ones here? Any now, or are you a spell check? I'm, I'm pretty good with words. I recently did a conversation with the young woman who won the spelling bee and misspelled a word. It was a Gaelic word. 
So now I'm reading Gaelic just because I I knew the word when she actually spelled it. I'm like, I've seen this word spelled so many times. I've just never heard it pronounced. So it's usually a word that has a phonetic spelling that is different than the the way we hear it. But my issue is that I'm always going to go and find the origin of the word. And I, if I misspell it, I'm not going to, I'm only going to misspell it once. I will always know how to spell chocolate because I did not know it had a second O in it. I've never misspelled chocolate again in my life. And that is, that is probably my nemesis misspelling words. I will go and find the way to spell it and I will make it part of who I am for all eternity. Well, I mean, watch out words. There you go. <laughs> you will not be misspelled again. Don't get too close. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Learning, like reading Gaelic to, I mean, preparation is the key to everything, right? And, and, and mild obsession, just, just a little bit, not, not quite, not full blown, just a little bit. Wow. That's really, that's, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And how was it working with your illustrator? Kid is amazing. The way they conceptualized the words that I had on paper and brought them to life. And there were a couple of moments where when I saw the images, I went back and said, well, this was what I was thinking. And just this instant response, there was never a debate about it. It was things I didn't even know I wanted, but the minute I saw it, there's an image you'll see in the book of the, when the cat is batting down on a monopoeia. That's just such a lovely way to conceptualize it. It wasn't in my head, but now that it's there, of course, I've always thought about it that way. And what you're obviously a natural storyteller. Do you ingest, do you inhale stories as well from other people? And if so, oh. like, what do you love to read? Oh, I read voraciously. So I have a book club with my siblings. So we all, there's six of us. So we circulate through books. I usually am reading two or three books at a time. And I read almost everything. I do not read horror because I I remember what I read and I don't want to be afraid of myself. Uh, so <laughs> horror is not quite my, my wheelhouse, but science fiction, you know, traditional literature, you name it, I'll read it. I love nonfiction as well. And so I'll read just about anything as long as it's a good story. Excellent. Well, do you have anything that's been amazing lately? Like you couldn't put down? I'm reading. Uh, so I just finished reading The Need by Helen Phillips, which you may like it's a, it's, I don't know if you've read it, but it's this sort of sci-fi, not quite, but it's about a scientist and her two kids and sort of the travails of motherhood. There is a little bit of horror in it, but not the sort of overarching theme, which is a lot of fun. And my sister, one of my sisters gave me a book, My Best Friend's Exorcism, which was one of the most fun books I've read in a, in a while. Huh. Okay. Adding it to my mental list here. (laughs) Excellent. Why do you want to be governor? Are you scared of it at all? It's a big, I mean, are you at all scared or does it intimidate you? Like, No, being governor is about leveraging the power of our collective investment in each other to make sure that everyone gets what they need. You can't fix people's lives. That that's not the role of government and should never be the ambition, but you can create access. I want to be governor because too many people are denied access because of their zip code, their background, because of their access to power. And I grew up in a family that didn't have access, that had to claw at every opportunity and most often didn't get what they'd earned. And so my calling is to do what I can to make sure people have health care, just the basics. And if you do the basics right, the world becomes such a different place. 
And I'm a beneficiary of that, that my parents, despite not growing up in places that treated them with the respect they were due, they were able to carve out access. But not everyone grows up with Robert and Carolyn Abrams. And my calling is to do what I can for others so that it doesn't matter who your parents are or who they're not, that we all get the same start. We can't guarantee a finish, but we can guarantee that everyone gets a chance to try. Well, sorry for give, making you give the whole speech again. No, but it's I, okay. You know, I wanted a personal recitation of it. So that was there awesome. You go. Thank you. You're um, very okay. Welcome. Advice. It's what practice. advice? <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you have for aspiring authors? Number one, start. So often, and you've probably experienced this, we get caught up in what we want the story to be. We forget to start writing it. It is never going to be what you thought it was in your head until you get it on paper. And once it's on paper, you realize it may be better than what you were conceptualizing. Two, writer's block is real. (laughs) Accept it, but don't let it defeat you. And three, know that it has to come to an end, but it should be the end you want, not the end that you just stumble into because you're tired of writing. Yeah. I have somewhere to be. Time for more TV. Uh, exactly. This is exactly right. I'm going to end it right here. This is good enough. There you, you, know, there you, you go. Know. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem with books. You can just keep making them better and better and better. Exactly. Problem and a blessing and a curse. So. Exactly. <laughs> well, Stacey, thank you so much for chatting. I will think of you. I'm going to go try this ice cream now and I will think of you as I enjoy. And it was lovely to meet you and best of luck. Zibby, this has been a delight and I look forward to finding the perfect chocolate chip cookie that can supplant my ice cream addiction. Uh, good love. Send me, send me the link if you find it. Absolutely. I'm on it. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 